1: Hello and welcome to For the Lord, this is Roger. It is Monday, the 22nd of August. We're going to be discussing mainly Gamescom, but we're also going to touch on a couple of other things later on, but Gamescom just wrapped up. It is actually, as we've said in years past, the biggest gaming convention in the world. However, I don't know how you guys felt about this. We actually have a lot to discuss for Gamescom, reasonably speaking, but Nowhere near as much this year as I was anticipating, even Blizzard, which most people would say probably stole the show by virtue of the fact that they did so much, a lot of it still was streaming different things and having different competitions and things like that. not so much brand new announcements either. So I don't know I don't know. I was overall underwhelmed with this gamescom. I
2: think that's just indicative of like the fact that we're oversaturated with gaming conventions at this point. Let's be honest, like not and I'm not just talking about just here in the States, like worldwide. There are so many now that as a developer, as a game company, how do you keep up with it? How do you have something to show at all of these? And I think that's what we're seeing is they're starting to kind of pick and choose where they make their big reveals because they really can't otherwise. Right, And then once they do the big reveals, then they just kind of keep updates and do like the circuits and give playables and stuff like that uh, to kind of keep interest going. But if they don't have any big news to drop, that's where all that excitement came from. I mean, look at what? Let's go back 10 years, 10 years ago, even how many game conventions were there? How many big events were there? So there were always chock full of these huge blockbusting ideas and these great big announcements now there's just too many of them. It's all it's just all spread out.
1: I I don't know that there's that many more, except for the way once you factor in the packs, is uh, because there's so many. Of and those, those are pretty big
2: things. now too. Don't forget, like yeah. a lot of a lot of announcements are going through packs now.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, regardless, let's dive in then with the Blizzard news. So Joe, go ahead. So where to begin? Should we start with Overwatch? Let's start with Overwatch. I like Overwatch.
0: Bastion. I don't want to cry about robots
2: right now. So, so yeah, we finally got some backstory on Bastion, and uh, holy shit, that was heartbreaking. It was the fucking brave little toaster Bra- Bastion story all over again, except he has PTSD. Uh, it was a beautiful cinematic. The It was a, a big effort of storytelling without using words. Yep. And that's – it was a perfect example of that. You got every emotion, every hint. You knew what was going on. Every beat was there about this little plucky robot, the last of his kind, who was left in a forest and then woken up by the greatest bird of all time, Ganymede. I I don't
1: know about plucky. (laughs) Murderous, yes. Plucky, not so much. Hey, it's my story on the teller. Shut up. (laughs) <laughs> the best meme I saw come out of this was showing the decimated forest <laughs> with Nerf Bastion. <laughs> Has somebody done a play of the game overlay
0: for that yet? Yes. <laughs> yes <they> okay.
2: <laughs> but then there's the, uh, the but there's the whole scene with him crossing the river and the like. The deer is just looking at him like, "Oh yeah, hi, how you doing?" And then Ganymede just following around and building a nest on him. I, I don't know. It was it was really well done. The contrasts were really well done. And I, honestly, I think it might be the best short that they've released so far,
1: without a doubt. I, when I was watching it, and, and this uh, ties directly into what you said about the PTSD, and it's, it's not what you expect to come out of an animated short for a video game, especially something like this. And yet, as you're watching it, you can't help but feel like, like especially that scene in the field. And it was so profound and so well done with the flashbacks to the combat behind. And something as simple as the the visor change in color to, mm-hmm. from blue to, to red, red was powerful enough to convey a, a very strong emotion. And, and I haven't even been to freaking war. And I'm looking at that going, I can tie a lot of the cinematic tricks for lack of a better term used in that scene alone to exceptionally well done, well-directed movies, which have done the same to portray PTSD in humans. Like it, again, I was really quite surprised at just how well it handled such a strong subject matter while overlaying this Pixar-esque, Friendship with Mm -hmm. with the bird. I again, I was I was blown away. I I, it was spectacularly well done.
0: And i I just kept coming back to the visuals because it was 100% visual storytelling, and you could tell just how much care and effort they put into every tree, every little stream. Like it was the most visually stunning. Short they've released, or not just short, anything they've released, I would say. And that's no small praise. And I, I think they knew going in that since it was 100% visual, they all put in their best effort on that front.
1: What was funny is that Joe and I were talking about um, our expectations right before it aired. Because I was saying, like, I really hope this isn't just a freaking stop motion um, Shorts, like short, short, like we got from Legion the motion comics, yeah, because there's a time when that can work well, like what they did with d three with their cinematics, but then you look at what they did with Legion with the Demon Hunter, and there's one video that I'm just gonna say it it's freaking unfinished, it is quite literally just very rough. It, yeah, that's, that's a topic for it.
2: another day, I think, because I have some things to say about that.
1: Yeah, so it's just to say that I was really hopeful that we weren't going to get something that they half asked, which historically they haven't with their videos. <laughs> they full-assed this one. But this one was, yeah, they, they brought it out. Uh, I loved it. Now, not only did
2: we get to see the story of Bastion, we also got the map that revolves or has been brought to life from this story, which is Eichenwald. Uh, This is a location that is tied not only to Bastion, but the Crusader Order, which Reinhardt hails from. Uh, We got to see the forest surrounding it, which is where the story of uh, Bastion takes place is the forest around it. Uh, It's the city in the background that he supposedly was either coming from or going to. Um, But the map is absolutely ridiculously beautiful for a abandoned town that's been overrun or being reclaimed slowly by nature. And not only that, it's a fucking castle. It's a huge fucking gothic castle in the future. Uh, It's also interesting because it's a new version of hybrid, uh, which is not necessarily a control the point sort of uh, control the point and then get the payload and escort the payload uh, like we have with some of the others. You're escorting the payload, then holding a point and then taking another point. Uh, And it's a giant battering ram that you're trying to get to the castle walls so you can break in uh, to this castle to take the armor off the corpse of the crusader leader that was the mentor to Reinhardt and, you know, like that's surrounded in a throne room where he's sitting on his throne full of dead bastions, like a lot of dead bastions.
1: There is more story going on in this map than Mm -hmm. we've seen in any other as far as I'm concerned. It's ridiculous how much is going on there
2: did you see the breakdown of like all the different visuals scene by scene they did for just the walkthrough of the castle
0: no actually i I got bits of some of it i don't know if it was the
2: same one you watched so they're talking about how some of it's been updated with the security cameras like Mm -hmm. how some of the equipment that's there what type of equipment's there uh, some of it looking fresher than older, as opposed, like, from what you would think. Uh, some of the iconography that they're using, things like that. Like, all of it, there is a very complicated story here, and we've just barely started touching the surface of it. Now, from a non-story, purely cosmetic standpoint, that armor we're retrieving, yeah, Reinhardt's going to wear
1: it. Yeah, no kidding.
0: And we get we get to pick it up. And, and and I that, he's got two different versions of it. He's got, like, the... The decrepit throne room version and then a version of it that is all cleaned up. Yeah.
1: Which I'm okay with. Yeah. I am really looking forward to playing um, that map because I want to see how various healers are going to play on it. Because that's one of the things that I find. That's an Anna map. Right. Yeah, quite possibly. I See, I want a freaking Mercy one. I I love playing Anna right now, but again, I, I want more that are are specifically for mercy, so that I get the player more because each map goes to certain healers so much better, and so I, I really want to know which one is going to do the best on this one it's out on the PTR now actually
2: yes, and I, it's something that i've actually been uh experimenting with yeah. so cool. it'll be entered I, I love to talk with you guys about that it's actually a map that uh surprisingly enough, I found Lucio doesn't do well with oh thank God. About fucking time. (laughs) Because the broken walls don't let him escape nearly Mm -hmm. as much as he he can on other ones. So this map heavily so far is favoring uh, Anna and Mercy actually is pretty big here.
1: See, I would think Mercy because uh, one of the things that I love about Mercy on certain maps is that all I have to do is tag along with um, like a Widowmaker or someone who can get up high and yes. just tag along and then all of a sudden now I can heal from quite a bit higher. And so that's what this kind of made me think of which made me think that maybe it would be a very good map for mercy.
2: Yeah, and there's a lot of a uh, lot of in- like interlocking corridors, like there's a lo- there's I think one choke point really. Everything else is super open, which is really like that's something they haven't done much of. There's a lot of alternate paths to get between different points, too. Uh, There's a bunch of great uh, sniper nests up top and down low. Uh, But each of those sniper nests, you have to be watching two or three different vantage points to make sure you don't get snuck up on, Uh, which I think is really cool because even as a Widowmaker, uh, while there's some great spots for you to take some headshots from, you could just as easily get knocked off a cliff or snuck up on yourself. So it makes you more invested in your surroundings as a sniper, as opposed to just sit and, and pluck off shots, which is it's something a lot of people have been complaining about. And I'm happy that in the new map, they're kind of addressing yeah, that by definitely. giving more accessibility. Um, now a little extra bit of overwatch news here actually is in the form of Zarya and uh, not so much about overwatch, but she's coming to heroes of the storm. Yeah. And she's going to be a ranged warrior, which is the second ranged warrior they've done. And I think that's absolutely fantastic because she's one of my favorite characters. Uh, I think she's absolutely hysterical and amazing. And I can't wait to abuse people in Heroes of the Storm with her because it's going to be hilarious when I pop that alt and just watch them all get sucked into one point.
1: Well, they were talking about, I, I don't know if it was the new maps or old maps they were talking about. Playing with her as her, and that she was so good in those maps, and and it made such a difference. So yeah I think it was the new ones because they were, and we might as well talk about them too. Yeah, wait. Uh,
2: so there's going to be uh, heroes of the storm is going to be getting a lot of massive updates. So this was actually a pretty big announcement for them. Uh, so there are 19 new heroes in the work. Jeez, uh, fuck, yeah. that's a lot. <laughs> that's that Jesus. is nothing for this
0: style of game. Trust me, we're only at 30. Well, Comparing it to the current roster, that's a lot. It is a lot. It almost doubles it. But they, I mean, it would be it like that. league going. Yeah, we're working on seventy new
2: heroes right now. But they've needed it. They need the. They need oh, to sell the roster. Uh, there are going to be a bunch of different feature overhauls with like matchmaking, maps, things like that. Uh, they're looking at a massive patch every six weeks. So that they can actually get into a dev push cycle that lets them keep churning out content while still being able to fix things that are broken, which I think is fantastic. Uh, it's actually something I've been waiting to see what their rhythm is going to be And six weeks seems a, a pretty good, seems pretty natural. Uh, then there's going to be the Machine of War event which is going to have StarCraft-themed maps and a new hero. Actually, a couple new heroes. They've only announced one of them so far, uh, which uh, people have been complaining about. They want more science-y you know, StarCraft maps. We have have Diablo maps. We have everything else. Why don't we have some more StarCraft maps or StarCraft maps at all? Well, now you're getting your wish, and they look absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, they
1: look good. Yeah. And uh,
0: uh, go ahead. I'll ask because I haven't played Heroes since the alpha. Like, how is the game doing? better so I actually did not care for it in alpha or beta at all <laughs> I, I'm not just talking about like the quality of the game but like player base and like is, is, it, <laughs> is it doing okay for itself because I, I don't know anybody that plays it I know that a
2: lot more people have been picking it up lately than have been like beforehand but it, mm. I think it's doing pretty healthy I don't think they've released numbers because I think Blizzard is just no longer releasing oh, numbers on yeah. any of their games But that's a hard game to release numbers for anyway. Yeah. Meaningful numbers. Meaningful. Well, they can, they can look at player hours and stuff like that, but there's sufficient, like your queue times are not very long at all. I mean, the competitive, the the competitive scene for ladder is actually pretty heavy. Um, I just wish they gave it more esports attention. It's one of those things where they keep dropping the ball on that front.
1: So both of my sons and my daughter-in-law still play it like crazy. And it's fun. It, Tristan is one of those where in, I mean, if a game just isn't good or if it's slipped or if he's not enjoying it nearly as much, he'll just stop and he'll play something else. Like for a while, it was Overwatch. Before that was Heroes and it was Overwatch. And now he's kind of shifted more attention towards uh, Heroes again. He still plays Overwatch a lot, but he's focusing a lot more on on heroes right now and and enjoying the different things that have come out in it so it is in his mind still a a very strong mobile that he enjoys and he does play league as well
2: well it's it also has a better competitive system too than than overwatch does currently let's be honest and (laughs) if you want to do it's not hard to do but if you wanted to do if you wanted to play like a competitive scene or try to earn rewards or something like that if that's your thing like it's it's pretty pretty solid My only only gripe is I wish that they – one one feature that they've never announced and I don't think they ever will announce and I wish they would is I'd love them to let you respec your character once a match. That's Mm. the only gripe I have because right now if you pick something incorrectly accidentally, uh, you can't undo it. You're just stuck with it, which can completely ruin a game for you and make you feel useless. That's my only complaint. So out of all those new features you're working on that you didn't announce, make sure one of those are one of them. Okay, moving on. Uh so then there's also the new StarCraft Protoss Commander Alaric or Alarok uh which I'm not a big StarCraft two player anymore, so if you guys know about that, feel free. But he will be making an appearance in Overwatch or Overwatch, uh, Heroes of the Storm apparently as well. I'm assuming it's a character out of the latest expansion that I haven't played yet. Yeah, it is. But I've got nothing on that one. Other than that, I mean, that's pretty much it for those two games. And they did a lot of recap for WoW, which was main story plot, recap of the Harbingers, recap of the Broken Isle stuff, uh, recap of scaling mythic dungeons and how the systems are going to scale so that they can match players' skills, and talking more about how that the key system that they're ripping off from Diablo is coming, uh, coming into play there. They talked about the honor system more in depth, which is something that they haven't really done. Uh, they talked about the transmogrification revamp. And uh, they talked about how much customization is there on the Demon Hunter, and how uh, they are the first race class combination to get such levels of customization, such as tattoos. You know, not like you haven't had Wildhammer Dwarves in the game that have needed them for <laughs> you know <laughs> eight years. So get it started out there, just you know, no 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 harm no foul, I guess. Yeah. Uh, wing two of One Night in Karazan is, is open now. Well, hold so on, you skip right over Karazan for a WoW. I was getting to
1: that. Okay, that well, you gonna be from after WoW this. to Hearthstone. Yeah, it's, uh, It was a, had, wait, I, If you're going to segue, I, I you, should have talked about, you should have talked about Karazhan for WoW, transition into Karazhan for Hearthstone. Fuck, it's uh, not like we haven't been doing fine, this for seven years, fine. jackass. Okay, go ahead. No, no, really. You do it your way. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, fine. Wing 2 for Karazhan, one night and Karazhan is open with others coming soon. So go enjoy that. Yeah. And speaking of Karazhan, since that was already ruined. <laughs> Let's go uh, back to WoW now. <laughs> we will be returning back to it in WoW as in a dungeon format. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they pull that off. It's going to be in the 7.1 patch. Uh, it's one of the... And this is kind of cool because it kind of snuck up on you. They never announced any of this. It was one of the dungeons that they never said what it was going to be, but you always knew there was going to be more dungeons. Yep, there it is. Uh, it's going to be... I'm going to be intrigued to see if it's a new romp through the old content, like the old area, because there is an event right now with the Legion invasion where you can – the story is continuing. And part of it is you go to Karazhan with, with Kagar to go retrieve some items. So I'm wondering if there's going to be you clearing out the infestation or if they're going to use the old instance portal at the top of Karazhan that they never got to use before and we're going to get to see a whole new version
1: of Karazhan, they possibly the unused assets that have been sitting there for years. Say better, because honestly, I don't know about you, and, and we've talked about this before, and how awesome Karazhan is, and, and it is, but the idea of going back to it as a five-player um, dungeon at level—or not at level, at, at 100, I, I would presume— Eh, whatever. Uh, if I want a scaling dungeon, yeah. If I want to experience it, I can just go run through it mm-hmm. on a level 100 and rip through it and experience, quote unquote, what the dungeon was and the effects. Because, I mean, you can still freaking die in that chess event. It doesn't matter what level you are. So you have to know the fight and do a whole bunch of different stuff. There's, I mean... It still is there for you to enjoy. The idea of going back and it being exactly as it was before actually does nothing for me. Well, I don't think it's going to be exactly as it was before. But part of the I'm guessing you're not really doing the invasion stuff anymore, right? I kind of trailed off. I do a little bit in okay. there, but not as much. I I got you, the quest to send me there, but I haven't done it yet.
2: Okay, so uh, the slight bit of spoiler on there. It, you when you go in there, the Legion does try to follow you in and does invade Karazhan. Right. And part of your part of your the quest trigger is to reprogram the defenses to go after the Legion um, instead of like just everybody. So I'm wondering if that's going to play into it. What I'm kind of hoping happens, and this is something that. I think would be a really cool nod is use the old instance portal that's at the top. There's already a a Griffin's nest up there and it's right at the top of the Medivh's tower. And we have to fight our way down to the bottom and we make our way to the basement of Karazhan where we actually go through like this, the hell for upside down sinners and all that stuff that was been sitting there underneath that land forever that you can't get to anymore. There's no way to get to it without like a bunch of tomfoolery that might actually get you banned from the game. So I'd like to see them open that up and use that as assets. Like maybe we have to clear out the infection that's been there all along or something like I, they could do so much and oh, do yeah. so many nods to the original. I, I can't wait to see what they
1: do with this. Cause this is,
2: it's not on the beta. It's not on the PTR. It's, it's, it's
1: waiting. They have the opportunity to blow my socks off without a doubt. The opportunity is there because it's Karazan and, And I, despite myself, am hopeful that they're going to do more than just say, okay, go in and have fun. It's the same thing. But, oh, look, now it's level 100. But if they can play around with what's there and change some of it as well to do other things like that chess event, I keep going back to that because to me that is the pinnacle of creative use of a boss fight in any MMO. And so... You could change that chess event and all of a sudden, well, maybe it's not a quote unquote chess event anymore, but it actually is a fight against the chess pieces kind of thing. Like you can do so many other things with what is already there to make it a ton of fun out. God, I hope they do.
2: I really do as well because it's an opportunity and I don't want to see them drop the ball on this. Yeah. All right. Moving on. I don't really know anything else to really talk about except for, well, they, I mean, they did talk about the Diablo recap, which was boring, like,
0: but I also think that we're not going to get any big Diablo news. I think that's going to be the BlizzCon thing. Yeah, they've been, there's been rumblings of that's definitely a big BlizzCon showing.
2: And we've actually been taking bets on whether or not it's going to be a new expansion to the current Diablo
0: three, or if it's going to be. Diablo 4 no. announcement. We don't know. No. I'm going to say Diablo 4 because they've changed so much of the like they've got a new director and everything on board now. So I think they're ready to move on into Diablo 4. I think they've done everything they really can do with Diablo 3. I don't think so. Mechanically. I don't think so. Yeah, but who says
2: you have to do anything? Who who says you have to improve mechanically? The system works, right? Yeah. So why not just make an what, what is what is the, the error with making just solid gameplay? Like Introduce another class. Uh, That's exactly what I was going to say.
1: They're they're at a point where they can actually put in a another class right now. Like, honestly, an expansion with another class and a new zone, which yeah. would not be that extravagant for them. And boom, you've, you've got a lot of people who forked down money for that. And, and they've it, been adding new zones, too. Dude, like,
2: these little areas. I mean, it just expound, expand upon that. Like, give me a fucking druid. Yeah, I was just going to say druid. that. Druid.
1: <laughs> I would, oh I would kill
2: to have a druid again, and I will I will keep holding out hope for that because it's it's interesting to me that all of the NPCs for all the other classes showed up except for the druid
1: yeah.
2: so. at some point or are referenced except for the druid. So give me the druid as a playable character again. Urgh.
1: I would put money down myself on an expansion before a D4. I think we're probably still a couple of years away from a D4. I,
2: I would think so, too. I think they're going to wait to see how the uh, console market stabilizes first. And then plan on making sure that everything is going to fall into that cycle.
1: Okay, let's move away from Blizzard then. Did you guys watch the trailer for uh, Dishonored 2, the new one that dropped?
2: I trailer, no. Gameplay, yes.
1: Well, the trailer was essentially gameplay. That's the one that showed her often in the shadow form where she's slicing motherfuckers up (laughs) into bits. And then when she's taking on those robots, I swear to God, I, again, this is one of those few games. And ironically, Joe and I were just talking about this pre-show in terms of watching our money right now because of (laughs) car issues, both of us. And, and saying like, there's, I'm, I'm being very careful with what games that I'm like, definitely, definitely buying this. No Man's Sky was one of those I had to have. Dishonor to already was one, and then I see this, and it's like, You don't have to keep convincing me. <laughs> I'm sold, trust me. When you see
0: her change so, into so, who's that guy out there that's going, Hmm, I still haven't seen enough, I'm yeah, not impressed. I'm,
2: still, I'm
1: not sure, like, I'm not who sure who is that person. Yeah, I need to meet this person. I don't Shadow know, if I don't want to shake them. Freaking slicing guys up, I don't know if that's for me. Fuck you, buddy. <laughs> Stop playing games. If this is not good enough for you, you don't deserve to live. But yeah, the trailer was spectacular. And what's funny is that as much as we've seen for uh, for this game already, this notwithstanding, I still was on the fence about whether which one I would play. Of course, or Emily, because again... The reason we're so excited for this is because of how incredible the first one was. And part of that was because of how incredible it was to play as him. And so I was thinking, well, you know, I'm not sold just on playing her. I might play him. He's going to have a different way of fighting. And then I saw this and was like, okay, well, that's all that problem. Because <laughs> again, shadow form and then slicing and dicing motherfuckers into pieces.
2: Well, let's be honest. We're going to play the
1: hell out of this and play both, both anyway. Both. So, yes. I mean, yeah. But the first one is definitely going to be her. I was. It was spectacular. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Well, I think,
2: and that's the thing, right? Like, we, we've we played the hell out of Corvo. We know what he does for the most yeah, part. Corvo, yeah, he's getting uh, some upgrades. Sure, great. But Emily's brand new, man. Like, everything about her is brand new. And what we're seeing, I'm right there with you. First playthrough, 100% her.
0: See, for me, it's more like, okay, slipping in with Corvo as the first playthrough is a more uh, words <laughs> It's a more subtle transition, taking something I know and expanding upon it and then jumping in to seeing what's completely new and being able to contrast it. I think for me personally, that's the, that's the more way I'm going to go. Yeah.
1: Can you tell I've been playing a lot of Star Wars? I'm saying Corso. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on to Prey because we got some more on that as well. Vince. Yes, we got some
0: really cool stuff out of Prey. A handful of uh, trailers and videos and hands-on impressions. And we're finally starting to get an idea of exactly what this game is about.
1: Our that narrative they would have you believe.
0: Yeah, narratively, uh, one of the trailers starts off with uh, our main character talking about how he's been having dreams of like the darkness in deep space and you know the stuff between the stars. And then it fast forwards a year and everything's fucked. <laughs> like, no, no, nope, it wasn't a dream. This, this is real. Like the enemies in the game appear to be some sort of like dark matter creations. Like there is some really weird, really awesome stuff going on with the concept of this game that they're not really discussing. <laughs> and I like that. Yeah, they, but you don't want leaving, them to. Yeah, they're leaving just enough. They're telling us just enough to get us interested and no more because they want the players to experience it.
1: Well, in a game like this, where part of the allure of the game is playing it and not having a clue what in the fuck is mm-hmm. going on, you can't give too much away because that will completely destroy the main part of the game. So, yeah, that's I've, I've kind of been avoiding. I'm at a point now where I'm kind of avoiding some of the news just because I want it to trip me out when I'm playing it. Yeah, they've
0: said the most important part of the game is the opening couple hours because it's so disorienting. And they're even taking like some. uh, God, what the hell was the the game on GameCube? The, the, The crazy Lovecraftian game oh oh uh eternal darkness eternal darkness yes like they're using some eternal darkness things like break the fourth wall and mess with the player because the character is in such a bizarre shape at that point so like they've said like they're gonna mess with you there's gonna be it's gonna be really disorienting and then early on in the game you're gonna figure out a lot of what's going on so they're obviously not telling you too much in the pre-release press but like looking at the, the gameplay like There's a lot of inspirations that I'm finding here. Like there's bits of Bioshock, bits of Dishonored, a lot of Dead Space, and even some Metroid elements I'm finding. They go in and they're like, you know, this isn't a military installation. You're not going to be – it's got first-person shooter elements, but it's not an action shooter game. They, They said it's a lot like Dead Space. Most of the weapons you're finding aren't weapons. They're tools that you're repurposing for survival purposes. There's what they call neuromods, which is kind of like the plasmids in Bioshock, except these are these little like hypodermic things that you direct inject directly into your fucking eyeball. <laughs> and there's different types of the neuromods. There's the standard neuromods, which are basically human enhancements, like make you quicker, uh, make you better with computers, like simple stuff. But you can also create neuromods based on the aliens, And they said it's not as simple as finding one. Like, you've got to work for them. You've got to study the aliens. You've got to examine specimens. You've got to go out into these scary places and find interesting things to to actually piece these together. One of the cool ones they showed off is, like, the basic little spider enemies. They're called mimics. They can basically hide as any – they're – Fucking D&D mimics. <laughs> they can pretend to be anything in in the rooms and then spring out at you. So he showed this puzzle where he couldn't get through a locked door. So he used the mimic ability that he had learned on a coffee cup and just rolled through the window <laughs> that was open. <laughs> so there's a lot of gameplay options available. And the I like that it's not just, oh, I found an upgrade. Like, if you want to do the really cool stuff, you have to work for it. But then they also said... If you inject too much alien DNA into your system, well, the station's defenses are going to read you as hostile now. There's just so much cool stuff going on here. And then at the end of—I forget which of the trailers. I watched a couple. They show him going out into space, zero gravity, and scooting around. And they pan out, and you see just the size of this place and also that it's completely wrecked. And they said, this isn't—well, it's not an open-world game. But it's an open station game, like through being able to leave at any point that's open to the outside and enter the station at any other point. Vast portions of this game are going to be taking place out in the scary silence of just the void of space. Mm -hmm. And that if you are brave enough to explore outside the ship, there's plenty of, like they said, side objectives you can do Outside that this is just opening up so many more avenues of what we can do with this game, and how cool it is it there's nothing gated like if you well there's stuff that you know you need abilities to do, like I said it's that Metroid influence, but there's nothing that's straight up closed off to the player If you can find a way in there, you can go there at any point
1: i'm curious just how many hours we're going to be able to sink into this because the more that we hear about it, the more it's becoming clear that. The, this is looking way closer to the, you know, 60 to 80 versus just 10 to 20 hours. I don't if know if I'd pick it that maybe far. Maybe not that it's, far, it's, but, you know, quite a bit actually yeah. still. Especially if you're looking at all the side quests outside.
0: Mm-hmm. And not to mention just wanting to play through
1: it again and doing things differently. yeah. yeah. And
0: not necessarily, I don't know if there's going to be narrative branches, but there's definitely a lot of gameplay options that can keep it
1: fresh. Yeah, I'm I'm curious how much we'll be able to bump into this. Okay, let's move on to Sea of Thieves, because (laughs) the more that I hear about it, the more it is becoming obvious that the pirates who do Pilates is definitely going to be a thing. Because fuck, does this ever look like fun? I, I have been I have
2: been watching playthroughs of of people that have gotten hands on with this, and it is ridiculous. It is a pirate sim. It is not like oh, go here, do X, blah 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 blah. It's hey, you're a pirate. Go do what pirates do. Like the night battles are absolutely gorgeous and intense. You want to go like explore that island? Go for it. You want to bury some treasure? Hey, yeah, you can probably do that too. You want to get drunk and walk along like the tightest part of your, like the ropes on your ship? You can do that too. You're probably going to fall off and die, but you can totally do that. It is ridiculous. And the amount of open gameplay that they have here is just,
1: it's stupid like it's so good one of the Um, videos I was watching was the, the UK IGN one where three guys were talking about it and they were saying how like you start off – they started off in the the PR thing that they were doing there where you're just basically swinging down ales and then you got to make your way to your ship and take off. And as they were leaving, one of the guys had drank so much that he fell off the ship and they didn't realize it until they were <laughs> quite a bit further off and looked back and he's just floating in the water with his ale still in his <laughs> hand. He <laughs> yeah, was going, yeah, that's the game for us. Yeah, that, we could definitely have a lot of fun with that. Yeah. We're going to do
2: some really, really awful and hilarious things. Well,
1: again, one of the other things that they were talking about was – It's going to be hourly mutinies. uh, Another video I was watching, they were saying how they were, again, having a blast and just – the first thing, of course, they want to do is go out and blow other ships apart. So they go out looking for trouble and find it, but they were having a hard time with the navigating and someone said, why don't we just – drop the anchor and they said yep all right and it wound up being like a tokyo drift kind of thing and just shimmy around and then boom 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 and destroy the other one and i'm going you know that's the kind of moment where if you're in a group of friends and you do that you're literally going to be having a cheer a chug of beer and then keep going looking for more people to to decimate
2: though we're not playing this game sober
1: yeah <laughs> <what I'm> saying. <laughs> no
2: the one thing, you know, and it's going to sound so, like such a goofy thing to be impressed with. I'm really impressed with the water. <laughs> like, it looks like a rolling ocean. It, they actually did a very good job yeah. in capturing that, which was, I don't want to say surprising,
1: but it was better than I expected to where it is currently. Yeah. I, again, there was nothing about this that maybe kind of. Hum and haw about it? No, it, it, it'll come down to price. If it's way too much, I'll put it off for a little bit. But otherwise, yeah, I want to pick this up pretty f- as soon as it comes out because again, it just looks like it's going to be a ton of fun.
2: It, well, we know it is, and then we're going
1: to be we're going to be awful, and it's going to be great. Yeah. I love it. Uh, moving on, we got some news about a new Metal Gear game because oh. there aren't Ugh. enough co-op zombie oh. games. <laughs> <laughs> Not much to talk about this other than they decided, huh? First game out without our mentor. Let's do a survival zombie game. There are a lot of other survival zombie games that you can play that are going to be a damn sight better than this one. So I don't know why they went with this. Because it
0: was easy to make with their yeah. assets they already have on hand. They could just recycle character and
1: uh, stage models. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I, I got nothing else for you. <laughs> yeah, Joe, are you
1: still, Joe? Are you still excited about that ukulele game?
0: I
2: am, actually, because I I, you know what? I like mascot games. I really, really do. And this was actually it was a brand new trailer, a brand new release trailer showing off new areas, new zones, uh, new transformations, like turning yourself into a giant like plow. That was kind of cool there. It's showing off that this is going to be exactly like the old school 90s, late 90s, early 2000s mascot games that people loved. All that is here. And I've been watching a lot of people actually that I'm getting hands on with like their little uh, sandbox environment. Uh, Everybody's saying the controls are tight. uh, The visuals are great. And it tells apparently it tells a great story also without words. Most of the time Uh, there is voice acting, but there's a lot of like a lot of characters that don't enemies that don't talk. Uh, like little goblins that wear pants on their head because that's that's the thing. I don't know, like the more I'm seeing about this, the more this is this is everything that I've wanted from a mascot game. Like just this is this is it. This is good.
1: Okay. Did you guys watch the uh, what are we going with here? The sexy brutale, brutale, brutelli. What 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 are we going here? Let's go with brutale. Keep it English. Did you guys watch the trailer for this? No no it fucking looks awesome <laughs> All right, well, tell us about it, Roger. so it's um a little indie game, and it is set in a mansion this was just a teaser trailer, so you don't see a ton of it, but it is it kind of shows the time uh progressing forward and it's it's kind of showing a mansion hallway that has paintings that are being either shot. You see like bullets are coming out from the room that's behind that wall or things are getting knocked out. There's blood smears over the pictures. And then there's the time element where it kind of jumps back in time and it's kind of doing it over again. And essentially you're role playing as a, and to quote here an elderly priest who observes masked ball party goers all in danger of being killed. And so it's this, this kind of looping ball uh, that's going on, where you're trying to save the people, and make sure that nobody's getting killed. The style is gorgeous; I loved it. Very stylish, very cool style. I loved it, and I like this premise of the priest trying to save these party mass party goers. It looks freaking cool as shit. It's it's coming out next year, so very very cool. Based on the title, that's probably the last game I would have come up with.
0: Yeah, that's initially when I saw the title, I was going, what the fuck is this? Like, I-, I just saw it in the show notes. And I was like, oh, Roger found
1: some weird shit he's going to yell about. No, this is awesome. <laughs> uh, Joe, did you do some more digging on uh, Rise of the Iron for Destiny?
2: What I've been actually been doing is been watching uh, gameplay footage that came out from <laughs> Gamescom, actually. Because a lot of the news sites actually got to play. Uh, and the it's,
1: sh- it's, Fuck really- the shit with this. is amazing what we're seeing
2: dude everything i'm seeing from here is fucking gold not only do you get to resurrect the ancient orders because you know well that's a thing that you can do because you're a fucking hero but the pvp is ridiculous the abilities like i'm seeing are ridiculous and the fact that i can put fire inside of my armor if i feel like it and just be that badass is ridiculous it's just everything i'm seeing from this like it's no no small thing that you know we like Destiny or at least I like Destiny uh, I came into the party late much later than everybody else but I'm still playing I'm still having You fun. came into the party at the right time I but I came in at the right time uh, after they fixed a lot of their stuff and you can see that they're they're continuing that philosophy and it's just so cool and, and even like little things that they announced and you can hear people cheering like did you see when they announced like there's going to be more vault space and like the people were like because <laughs> I mean currently what is vault space? Like I don't, I don't get it. Like vault space isn't a thing anymore, but it, the new zones are absolutely gorgeous. Did you see the? Did you see the the zone reveal for the new Cosma, uh, the Cosmonaut, mm-hmm. or
1: Cosmodrome? The the thing, the problem I'm having. Yes, I did. and It is awesome. The problem I'm having with this, it's not really a problem, but it is. Is that I've been holding off on the expansions because it's. I'm thinking I'll just wait for Destiny Two. Because honestly that's not going to be that far <laughs> off i 'll just wait for destiny 2 and they 'll have fixed a lot of the things. But the problem is is that they keep improving and fixing on the current one, and then they bring out shit like this that you 're like, "Well, fuck, I have to play this. Look at how freaking incredible this looks and and again, i again you're saying like you you're, you're you're playing it more which you are now than both uh, Vince and I. But we pumped in a lot of fucking hours in that game (laughs) earlier. Like, I'm not joking. A lot of... I was playing that game damn near every night on my Vita while we were watching TV. So Karen would put a show on and I would just play that fucking game because I couldn't stop because it was that goddamn good. And so it was... It was a Herculean effort to put it down to move on to other games and then convince that's, that's myself. Why I didn't pick up The Taken King. Exactly. Not because I didn't
0: want to, but just because I wanted to play other games. Exactly. And I'm thinking, OK,
1: well, we'll wait until Destiny 2. But then the more I see of this shit, it's like, motherfuckers, I'm going to have to pick this up because it looks astounding. See, it. I
0: kind of wish you had played The Taken King because I know this, I don't know if. Joe you're gonna be able to answer this like how was the amount of content that really they released during year two because I know during year one we had the two like expansions I, I don't know how I we're phrasing DLC DLCs because yeah, I guess DLCs. technically Taken King is an expansion but like I didn't maybe I just wasn't paying enough attention but like I didn't see the, any additional content coming out for Taken King during the year Taken King focused really on like
2: uh, the core Quality of works and of stuff life. like that yeah More than anything else, uh, let's be honest, like it took they took a heart a long time to course correct. I expected there to be that weird lull period. Okay, so like and that's kind of what happened. But for me, it was fine because I hadn't experienced all the other stuff. So and I think that's what they were banking on is now that they had fixed a lot of that stuff that players would be coming back or you know coming new into it fresh that had never seen any of the content before and then that bought them enough time to do stuff like this and work on the next installments of the story or whatever the case is so it it, i can see what they're doing and i would love more content to keep players playing longer but i understand they're still trying they're also still trying to find their rhythm in this new setup
0: all right. I, I, I'm just curious because, they like I said, I passed on it, but not because of any legitimate reasons to do with the game itself.
1: Uh, let's move on. Vince, did you watch any of the uh, Final Fantasy 15 stuff? <sighs> Actually, before you answer, before the sigh is gone from our ears, did you read all of the insane bullshit that went on with when a couple of reporters were saying that it was going to be delayed and it was like the Uh internet lost their fucking shit and that these people were horrific human beings. Turns out they were right. Nobody ever said, yeah, sorry we were assholes to you. The day
0: somebody (laughs) apologizes on the internet the sun will black out. I
1: just thought it was hysterical. Anyways, did you actually watch the video though? Some of it? Any of it? Do you care anymore?
0: This video literally put me to sleep. And then when my alarm went off telling me, hey, it's time to wake up and do the podcast. I restarted about the part where I fell asleep and I almost fell asleep. again. (laughs) But you're still going to buy it. Why? I'm not going to buy it for myself. That, that is now a distinction I can
1: make. <laughs> you can't blame her for everything. Watch me. <laughs> yeah, but we'll know. Trust me. We will fucking know. It's... I still feel that
0: there's... I, I'm still interested in the combat system. Like, I, I think it's more fun to play than it is to watch. And... and it, but God, there's just so much other shit that's just like this was a 50 minute video where like they they cranked through, I'm assuming, like a pretty good chunk of the early game. So they cut out a lot of the random battles and whatnot. They couldn't even bother to edit out the loading screens, though. <laughs> like, how are you going to edit to this trailer? Not even a trailer, this gameplay video, air quotes, gameplay video and edit out most of the gameplay. <laughs> It's just there's so much, like, uninteresting about this. The characters are still completely lifeless. The only traits any of them possess is fucking annoying. The dialogue is just bland and boring. The voice acting, which should be top-notch from a game with these production values, is at best passable, but some of the the voices on these characters are just so wildly abnormal and out of place. It's This is very uneven in a lot of the quality department, which, if nothing else, is what Square should excel at given the amount of money they've poured into this thing. Like, it looks great, don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, it's beautiful. But like they're showing off all these systems that are within the game itself, you know, wanting to be this more open-world-style game, but None of them are interesting. (laughs) Like they showed off, like okay, yeah, when you stop for the night, like there's places, you know, save points, whatever you want to call them, where you can legitimately set up camp and assign tasks to the various members of your group. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. And then it just, it just took so long. Like, oh, okay, what dish am I going to cook for dinner? And oh, this is the cooking menu, and this is the eating menu. It's a simple system that could have added an interesting. wrinkle to the game. To me, it just, it just bogged it down in like, uh, okay, I want to get to back to the story now. Nope. Sorry. You have to pick how you, how you want your steak done. Potatoes or rice. And it's just like, ah, oh. <laughs> and, and they showed off like the magic system in this game. It's reminiscent of final fantasy eight, where you have to actually find like naturally occurring areas of magical energy and, absorb it and draw it in to, to use magic, which I, I sort of liked in Final Fantasy. <laughs> it had its flaws, but it's been a couple decades. We can refine it. But their way of refining it is magic crafting. You actually have to craft your spells in a special menu, and it's just, it's one more layer between the gameplay and the player. It just, again, it didn't strike me as being very interesting, especially in this video. And fishing, there, there's an entire UI for fishing, which I enjoy fishing in games to an extent. But again, watching it here, it just felt bland and uninteresting. There's yeah, fishing. I, I want so badly for this to be good, because if this game, this could be it. Like, let's be honest. Square doesn't make anything that's not called Final Fantasy anymore. All the other games they're published are outsourced to other studios. Like... They've put so much time and effort into this game that they're now delaying it again that I, this, this nothing looks that good to me. It's really disappointing that the, the company that essentially created the JRPG as we know it doesn't know how to make them anymore.
1: Of the three of us, you are the most interested in this game. So that says a lot i I think by default, I still am, <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, I was firmly in Camp
2: Nope from the first time it was announced, and they showed like uh you know, weird what do you mean the journeys. first time it was announced
0: twelve years ago, or yep, exactly <laughs> yeah it, it i I wasn't terribly sold on it from then, but seeing where it's gone in the meantime, it's i I really don't know about this. And can we talk a minute about why Noctus is wearing fucking Capri pants? This this just really bothered me.
1: <laughs> that, this, That's this where you their, draw the line. <laughs> this is their character design,
0: which, again, character design, bland and boring, like, God. They're all wearing various forms of black outfits, look like a goddamn boy band. But the main character is wearing fucking capri pants and then boots and with like it's. It looks he looks ridiculous. Like.
1: I'm sorry, but doing? please, mechanic with the chest showing, at, that was the point where uh, I went. Yeah. Apparently costumes don't matter in this game.
0: Yeah. The the one female character of
1: any point in this entire video
0: is pure eye candy. Yeah. All
1: right, let's move away from that. Unless you had any final parting thoughts. That's I'm enough. Good. All right. Did you guys watch the uh, Star Star Citizen stuff? No,
0: I was too busy watching Final Fantasy. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I missed it, actually. It
1: actually looks pretty good. Not good enough that I'm willing to jump in because I'm, I'm playing other space games that we'll get to shortly. But uh, but man, does it ever look good. They're, they're going to be releasing the 2.5 patch soon and then they're looking at, they were talking about what's coming in the 3 and the 3 is going to be the big one that's going to have a lot of enhancements that are going to be put in a lot more questing sending you to a variety of different places within the galaxy so it doesn't feel quite as closed off as what it has felt for a lot of people currently playing you're talking to a lot more npcs that are going to be working with you to get you between quests to give you quests some of them to fly you around and and a whole bunch of different stuff like that and what they did show of it with in terms of both the, the land and space combat and exploration and stuff, regardless of how people think they, I don't want to say they've abused crowdfunding because they're doing it right. Holy fuck. You can see the quality of design in the game now. Like when you're seeing them going through these space ports that are like run down and look fantastic. Not because they look like sparkly clean. No, they just look like they could come out of a blade runner set kind of thing. And the cities are amazing. I don't know how much freedom you're going to have to move around within the city. I'm very curious. Like if this is as good as what I would hope it is based on the videos, I would bounce in. I wouldn't be spending a fortune but I would do the base minimum so that I could get in and experience it just because it looks amazing. I was, I was really impressed. So before we move on, was there anything else from Gamescom that either of you wanted to quickly touch on? No. no
0: I think that, that covered a lot of the Gamescom stuff. Like, like you said, it wasn't as big as it has been no. in previous years. Yeah, like, so, I'm actually... Personally, like, I'm really disappointed we didn't see any of the, the cyberpunk game from CD Projekt Red. Though right. no, I'm not surprised. I, well, But I figured like, Gamescom is their home turf. Like, I, It's one thing to not show off at E3 or TGS or something, but I, I would have figured they would have at least had an appearance. <laughs> Maybe, but if it's not ready,
2: they don't show it. I know, I know. And that's been their thing since the beginning. If it ain't ready, it, it ain't ready.
1: So from one sci-fi to another, No Man's Sky. I have to at least talk about it for a little bit on record, <laughs> recorded, so that people can hear it, not just pre-show on other podcasts. I've been playing the shit out of this game, and I think in. it's important to provide a counterbalance to a lot of the people that have crapped on the game because it isn't what they wanted the game to be. And yet, it is essentially everything they said the game was going to be and even a little bit more. Now, one of the things that I was really looking forward to with this game was that idea of exploration. It wasn't the the quote-unquote goal of the game of reaching the center of the universe that interested me. It still doesn't interest me at all. I am very firmly in that Star Trek mentality of let's just go out and explore, and I love that. Now, what happens with the game... How many aliens have you had sex with, Roger? Oh, if I could, dude. (laughs) The dudes with the masks—they're like the dudes from Sega. Was, <laughs> I, I saw it. you eyeing up that weird cat thing. <laughs> he was hot, and it was horny. Anyways, the um, what happens early on in the game is unfortunately one of the, unfortunately and not what wind up winds up happening is that it becomes a game about increasing how many slots you have in your exosuit, which is how much you can carry on you, your multi-tool, which is kind of a weapon, but also a mining tool. And you, it has slots so that you can increase uh, mining efficiency. You can put in some plasma grenades. You can put a bolt so that you can shoot things, bolt caster. So, and then improve upon them all. So you want. One of those that has a lot of slots. And then there's your ship, which also has a certain amount of slots. So the max for each of those is 48 and you get them by different ways, by different means. So the, for your exosuits, you find drop pods all over the place. Well, I mean, some planets barely none. Some of them, there's a lot more. And I happen to find a planet where... They were all over the fucking place. So I maxed out my, my suit and it was like, oh yes. It was like a freaking beam of light came out of my dick. And then the multi-purpose tool, you actually find those in certain buildings that you go to. There'll be an upgrade there. So I'm currently at twenty-five, I think, which is good. I I'm I'm not like I would like to have bigger, but you know what? That's fine. And it's man, these you can take this out of context. It's doing the job. <laughs> <laughs> so mine is fine. And the um, the ship is where it gets interesting because you have a couple of different ways of getting a bigger ship. You can find crash ships. So basically you go out hunting and you'll find ships. I found out talking to someone online that it actually will check what uh, level ship you have, how many slots there are, and then it'll give you a ship that has a little bit more or a little bit less around the same thing, maybe one or two above or below. Or if you save up enough money, you can buy a ship. So whenever you are, uh, whether you're on a planet or at a space dock, if another ship comes and docks, you can go and talk to the captain and you can put an offer on and put an offer means just, so you can buy it. They tell you how much it is on their ship. And so, I was seeing ships that had significantly more slots than I did. And you need a lot more right from the get go. And I wound up buying that 25 slaughter that I've posted pictures like crazy on, <laughs> on Twitter because it's gorgeous. And I love it. looks like a, a freaking dino bot had sex with the firefly ship. And this came out and it's glorious. And I love it. And I've passed up ships that have more slots <laughs> just because they were fucking ugly.
2: <laughs>
0: I've kept mine.
1: And I Every realize time
2: now, you type that in chat to me, I just giggle
1: a little. Yeah, I, it's kind of hindered it's me. really, but
0: It's really important to have a good-looking ship in this game
1: where you're never, ever going to find another player. But I see it. It isn't for <laughs> pimping, for showing people off. I love seeing it. Every time I run way too far and I have to make it back to my ship before I die kind of thing. I see that motherfucker in the distance it's like, oh, I love my ship and I run over. Anyways, all that said, you can buy other ones and I've seen some that are similar style to the one that I have but with like bigger wings and things like that too and bigger so that you have more storage and I saw one that was a 44 slaughter, so just four from the max and it was gorgeous but the motherfucker was like 25 million and I've got like five, six million right now. So my point being, you can keep hunting crash ships or you can mine a lot and save a lot of money and then just buy it. So there's options in the game. And again, people are, again, expecting something that the game simply is not. If what you love is this idea of flying around in space, bouncing between planets in a solar system, if you've got enough warp, juice in your ship you can go to another one i've gone to two now and i happen to be out of one ingredient that i need for my warp to be able to get to the next solar system and so it's giving me that drive to continue looking for what i'm missing so that i can warp out to go out and that's the other thing when i landed on a couple of planets some of them were like these freezing planets some were toxic. And when I started playing, initially I was thinking, "Well, fuck, I hate that. Like, I hate that I can't just keep exploring. I have to constantly be watching how much I have of certain materials to keep myself alive, keep my suit energy up, keep my health up and things like that. But then there was one planet I was on early on and it was a a really, really cold planet. And... I kept like, it was close to freezing. I kept being at like 5% and then it would drop and then my health would go down and I'd finally find something to be able to increase the suit effectiveness. And I was running back to my ship and again, I was not going to make it. And there was a fucking flower. (laughs) And when you, you, you kind of extract whatever the fuck is in it kind of thing. And all of a sudden I had my, my, my full energy bar for my, my suit again for environmental stuff. And it was glorious. It was like, yes, (laughs) like I lived to fight another day to mine another day, actually. (laughs) And that's when I realized, okay, it works. I see what they were going for. Here is that thrill of not just being complacent with exploration, but being a part of it and really having to focus and make sure that you have the right, uh, Materials or ores to be able to survive. And it works. It works effectively well. Like, case in point, I was, I was tweeting about it today because I went on a new planet, and it was fucking barren. Like, you don't know what you're going to find when you get there. I've been to some that were these lush, gorgeous planets that were unbelievable. And you could survive forever because everything you need is there. Just mine everything. And in one way or another, it'll help your suit or your health or your ship and and whatnot. But there wasn't enough people that were there. So there weren't enough drop ships or things like that. So finally, I went, well, I got to leave. And then I went to this fucking planet. It's barren as fuck. There's like no vegetation. And... But there's these massive gold ore deposits everywhere, which sell for a considerable amount of money. So I'm like running between these to mine them. And I'm not using my ship because I don't want to use up all the plutonium for the launch because that motherfucker uses up 25% every time it launches. And the plutonium is what you also can use for your health. And you can use carbon, but that comes from plants. And there's no fucking vegetation on this planet. So every time I see those little spikes, the red spikes of plutonium, it's like I, I'm, I'm dying of thirst in a desert. And there's a little puddle of water. And it's like oh, plutonium I <laughs> live another day to mine some more gold. <laughs> and like there's a lot of different things that are really, really cool. Is it for everyone? Definitely not. The hype hurt this game. It, it, it helped them financially, I'm certain, with everybody buying it immediately. But I think it's hurting them with bad word of mouth from people slamming it who had no idea what they were getting into or simply are disgruntled that it's not what they had hoped it would be. But as someone who is thrilled with this type of gameplay, I can tell you that even once I max everything out, I'm not done playing. There is so much I want you to do in this game, and none of it involves getting to the center. I just want to experience all of these different planets and have these experiences, as I've had on the planets I have visited so far, of just finding cool shit and exploring and all of that stuff. So, so you're saying on. you like it? I'm <laughs> saying I like it. I'm not it's saying not, it's for everyone, but I'm saying I love it.
2: It's on my list to pick up at some point because I do every. I like the whole idea of exploration like that. So I like everything that I'm hearing from not just you, but other people that I trust. Uh,
0: like everything about this game, it's it's right up my alley. And that's the great thing about this game. If you get it now, if you get it next month, if you get it next year, you're not like missing anything. You're not going to be behind. It's a very personal experience.
1: In fact, if you wait a little bit, they're patching things up as they're going along. So it's actually becoming better with each patch. And there's different things that already I'm seeing like, okay, I would really like them to do this, this, and this kind of thing. It's not a very long list, but there are a few things that I'm like, I would really like to see improvements to these things that would make it a lot better. But it's a pretty short list, but that's because the game is It's not exactly what I'd hoped for, but in the parts where it's lacking a little bit, it's more than made up with with everything else. I mean, again, I've been using this. I've been leaving it on my secondary monitor during the day on my, my other computer. And then I just pop in and out of it kind of thing during the day, during breaks and whatnot. And there's something fun about starting your day off and booting it up and thinking... Okay, what planet am I going to be on today? And being excited about the prospect of discovering a new planet, new wildlife, vegetation, what's going to happen? Yesterday, I was on a planet with fucking a dinosaur, and I'm not shitting I'm not you. It was a full-blown fucking massive T-Rex-looking dinosaur, was chasing a fox with a chicken head while a lizard with a flower head was watching. <laughs> and I was going like, oh, this is going to be a good day. <laughs> This is going to be a fun day. I need to see what else is on this planet. And it was. It was a ton of fun. And that's what I'm looking forward to for a fucking long time. Okay, let's move on to Skyrim. There was a massive, massive mod that came out for it that is introducing a hell of a lot of content. Is it going to be enough to get you back in the vents? Well, no,
0: because I'm not playing it on PC. Oh, I thought you had. I played it. I played it on my 360. That's. Oh, Christ. Oh, Christ. (laughs) <laughs> okay, well, not for you then. Is this the Arendelle one? <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah. I've actually been watching a lot of playthroughs on that with uh, some of the YouTubers,
0: and it, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. This is, I, I mean, I think calling it a mod is a disservice, disservice but yeah. yes, technically it's a mod that takes Skyrim, the, the engine, and a lot of the assets, and just went, we're going to make our own game. It's called Enderal: The Shards of Order. It's from a studio called Sure AI, uh, who is best known for the doing the exact same thing back in Oblivion. They released a full game mod called Neerum at Fate's Edge, and they've been working on this since Skyrim came out 5 years ago. This has been a huge project for them with uh, but what they turned out, I mean, <laughs> in a lot of ways. It looks better than Skyrim. (laughs) Some of the... I won't even say some. A lot of the voice acting is even better than in Skyrim. Uh, But yeah, they've cranked out a fully done game with characters and locations and story and over 30 hours of content. And I think that they said that's just like the main game. Like, there's other stuff you can go do, obviously, because it's Skyrim. Like, there's side quests and whatnot. And... It's a really interesting setup that they've done here, too, where your your playable character is someone who comes to find out they can use magic, which is like the starting point for any number of generic fantasy stories. But in this particular setting, magic is an actual disease. It will wear away your body and your sanity until there's nothing left of you. So, like doing magic stuff, like drinking a mana potion or, you know, discovering a new magical artifact actually has detrimental effects on your character in addition to, you know, the the obvious... Like, it has long-term uh, consequences of more immediate benefits, I think is the best way to say it. Like, there's a lot of really interesting stuff they've done with Skyrim. Like, the combat is the same, the graphics are essentially the same, the UI is the same. But they've changed a lot of the way the game actually plays. Like the, the leveling system is completely different. Now, the only way you can level up is by finding spell books and enhancing your natural magical talent, which, again, is that whole balance of this is a good thing or a bad thing. Like there's so much cool stuff they're doing with this, including a fucking airship.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a whole thing of airships because that is a that is a thing in this world. It's not just one. Uh, you get one, sure, but there are fleets of them out there. And that's part of the story of this world. Um, something that I thought was really cool is you know, the, the skill system in Skyrim? Mm-hmm. Um, there It's no longer just some weird celestial thing in the sky. They completely redid it so that you actually have to uh, burn magic essentially to get there and use mm-hmm. it. And it's an entire plane of existence. It's a
0: physical thing you
1: have plane- to visit.
0: I think we've reached the point where these guys just need to make a game. I think they've. I think they've shown their ability. They can get paid. Well, I mean, I mean, they
2: could just rent somebody else's system and make a game. Like, I mean, sure. But, I, I mean, do, how big is their studio? I'm curious. Do we do hey, any research on that? I'll tell you in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just kind of curious because there are some very obvious bugs with it uh it is it, when you play through it there are some very things where you can see like yeah you're trying to make the system do something it can't actually do or that it wasn't designed to do or it freaks out like one of the opening sequences where uh the cowled figure smashes you and your friend into like the side of the ship and then the game crashes or freezes for a while or the the simple act of hitting backspace uh can sometimes cause the thing to lock up Uh, other thing to note is that it is graphically intensive and when i mean graphically intensive i mean like i've seen people with running nvidia 1080s chugging on this and it's part of it's because of the it's using the skyrim system uh but part of it is because this is full hd rework before the hd rework i was gonna ask about that yeah
0: because it definitely looked a lot better than base skyrim even on pc
2: yeah, it, it, is, it is as if it, this is not because the, there's the base Skyrim, there's the high texture quality pack, and then there's going to be the HD pack, HD pack. This is HD quality. This is on par
0: with what they're going to be releasing for the base game. So the, the current team consists of 12 people, according to their website. Okay, yeah, they need to make a game. Yeah, like, like I said, they've, they've shown they can do it. I mean, they might as well try and make a living off doing this instead of doing it in somebody else's game. Like I said... We, should, we we just talked about it a couple episodes ago. Look what you could do with Unreal Engine 4. Yeah. like You don't need to design your own engine. Obviously,
1: you're good at the design
0: part of the game design, so do that.
1: Okay, that is actually going to wrap up the episode for tonight. We are a little bit over the one-hour mark, but uh, there was, a, again, surprising amount to, to discuss with Gamescom, actually. <laughs> more than I thought there would be honestly anyways you can find the show notes <laughs> like a half hour to blizzard well that's the thing yeah you can find the show notes at oh, the-, like a half hour the lore. you can find us on Mondays at 7pm at 4 com slash live and you can find us on Twitter For the lore individually Joe's loaders at JIA and Zen Buddhist and Vince's Simodian you can leave us your thoughts also on iTunes and Stitcher and with that we will see you guys next week all
0: you, but that's all right. that's alright that's mama, you do. Thank you for listening to For The Lore. Each week, the show is broadcast live on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Stop by forthelore.com slash live to join the conversation and have your thoughts discussed on the show. If you'd like to hear more from the guys, check out Comic Book Informer, a weekly podcast from Vince and Roger. As well as Popcorn Ronin, a bi weekly movie, TV, and anime podcast. And lastly, thanks to Manelli Jamal for the show's theme music. We encourage everyone to check out his site, ManelliJamal.com, or find him on iTunes and help support this incredible musician by picking up his CDs.